Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And today we are discussing the first half of the Racco Hardeen arc. Racco Hardeen <laughs> killed a Jedi dude. <laughs> This is season four, episodes 15 and 16 of The Clone Wars, and next week we're going over 17 and 18 to finish off this arc, but we're starting with the episodes Deception and Friends and Enemies. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so an evil separatist genius named Moralo Ival. Who only refers to himself by the pronoun Moralo Ival. Moralo Ival approves of this message. <laughs> he was captured for plotting to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, but he was not kidnapped and thrown in prison before his plan was set in motion. So he's planning to grab Palpatine at a festival in Naboo, but nobody knows how, and the Jedi Council needs a plan to keep Palpatine safe. So Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are casually strolling through Coruscant, talking about how boring these negotiations are going mm -hmm. to be to come up with this plan, when bam, they are shot at from a rooftop sniper. Yep. We get a classic Coruscant chase scene. Obi-Wan has eyes on the sniper, and then he closes his eyes, he takes a deep breath, and he walks right out into the open, and he's shot. And falls like five stories. He takes a blaster bolt to the chest, he falls to the ground, the sniper takes off on a speeder, and Ahsoka is crying over his lifeless body, and we cut to a funeral? Yeah, Satine is there. She is losing She's it. losing her mind. Anakin is wearing a hood over his head, and he looks like he is ready to ignite the to whole world. To do a murder. Yeah. Obi-Wan's body is covered by a sheet. They lower it into a tomb. Everybody is crying. This is a funeral. But fear not. A second later, Yoda and Mace walk into a hospital bay. They poke their heads in and they say hello to Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. And he's like, how was my funeral? Did everybody cry? <laughs> Which is just phenomenal. A better performance than you, your corpse gave. <laughs> Which is a sick Yoda burn. Oh, I freaking love a good Yoda burn. So the master plan is for Obi-Wan to impersonate Racco Hardeen, the sniper, and go undercover in prison to gain Moralo Eval's trust and scupper the plot against Palpatine. So they shave his head, they shave his beard, they inject him with Botox. Never in my life did I think I'd see a bald Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's disconcerting. He has a baby face. Like, no wonder he wears a beard. <laughs> they grab Hardeen at the cantina. Where he's been buying drinks and bragging about killing Obi-Wan. Yeah, I don't know about the wisdom of that move. They get him to talk into a vocal emulator that is shaped like a spider for no discernible reason other than to freak me out. Because you have to swallow it to use it. And Obi-Wan says, oh, I was afraid of that. Bottoms up. So he swallows the vocal emulator. Meanwhile, Anakin knows nothing about this. So he goes after Obi-Wan, disguised as Racco Hardeen, at right. the cantina. Yes. He beats him up. He throws him in jail. And it turns out that Obi-Wan is really great at impersonating a felon. He could run this prison if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> he buddies up to Moralo Eval and discovers that Moralo has hired who else but Cad Bane to break him out of prison. So Cad Bane 
Last time we saw him, he was just exiting stage right from Zero the Hut's corpse, but he let himself get captured for this job. Yes. And then I forgot, baby Boba Fett is also serving hard time in prison. With Bosk. Yeah, with Bosk Daddy. So Cad Bane hires baby Boba to come up to Obi-Wan. He's like teen Boba adventurer, okay. adventurer bounty hunter. He's like Smaller 14. than Obi-Wan Boba Fett. It's still tough to see like amongst these ripped Rodians and like very scary looking dudes like one very Boba. small boy. <laughs> he comes up to Obi-Wan during lunch and tackles him and yeah. starts a prison riot. Yeah. Obi-Wan takes his lunch money like it's not even a fair fight. But then Daddy Bosk comes up, throws Obi-Wan down a cafeteria table, and the whole place erupts. They lose their minds. They're taking down clone guards left and right. The prisoners are skedaddling. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan sees Cad and Morallo down the hallway, and he's like, wait for me! So they get to the crematorium, and this is where Racco Hardin now shows his skill. Yeah, Bane and Morallo's evil plan is to sneak them out through the morgue. Mm-hmm. So they do, they throw themselves into some caskets, they get yeeted off to the crematorium, they slide into a ship, they use it to steal a different ship, and then they fly off into the sunset. Yeah, they steal a cop car and then a freighter. And With then they just fly off. complete ease. And Morallo is like, Hardin, you did pretty well back there. Maybe there's a place in Morallo Eval's plans for you after all. And Cad Bane punches him because as part of the breakout, they had to shoot a bunch of guards. And Obi-Wan, as Racco Hardin, hesitated, which resulted in the alarm being sounded. Yeah, Bane does not trust him at all. Which is smart. And that is where we pick up at the beginning of Friends and Enemies. Keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. So uh, pulling an Anakin, Racco Hardin crashes the ship onto Nal Hutta (laughs) in the swamp. And he's explaining, like, if we crash, there'll be no evidence of us landing. Morello Eva likes a man who plans ahead. But this time they're going to buy a ship. And then, so that's the plan. They split into two groups after going to Pablo's pawn shop and getting new gear, including a hat. They go on a shopping trip and it is delightful. They threaten Pablo, the pawn shop owner, or Cad Bane does with a toothpick. Never thought a toothpick would be a credible threat until I saw it in the vicinity of those gummy Rodian eyes. Yeah. And so then they split up. Obi-Wan, as Racco, has to go get a ship while they go get guns. And then as they're all climbing aboard the ship, Cad Bane is like, ha ha, I hate you. <laughs> you can't be part of the crew anymore. You can't sit with us. Yeah. Racco Hardin takes the heat because the cops are showing up. They fly off in the ship and he's being tortured. But he says, but wait, because I'm a clever boy, I put a tracking device on the ship. I will tell you where they are if you let me down. He uh, he went to Tara Sanube's master class on <laughs> tracking beacons. For real. Of course I put a tracking beacon on their ship. So the Huts, who control Nalhada, obviously, shoot down Morala, Eval, and Cad Bane. But they aren't letting Racco Hardin free because he's a wanted criminal. So he uses the force, cheats a little bit, to free himself, clobber the guard, escape, and call up base Coruscant. Because he's been in communication with them the whole time. And he says, I need you to turn off the bounties on all of us 
and I need enough money to buy a ship, and I need to be in radio silence. Yeah, don't talk to me. So then we cut to Mace asking the Chancellor to turn off the bounties, and Chancellor's like, of course, no problem. And then he hangs up, and he's like, Anakin, what did you think about that? Because Anakin's (laughs) been in the room the whole time, and Anakin continues to fume like a volcano. And Palpatine twists Anakin's grief Uh... and sends him to Nalhada. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Where Anakin has just spectacularly bad timing. He lands right as Obi-Wan takes off. He does. And then they're they're following. There's all this back and forth of um, continuing to move, continuing to make a mess. So Anakin force chokes some information out of the bartender on Nalhutta, and he catches up with them at the gas station the next planet over. Right. On Arandia, which is where the ship person had like scammed them to all land so that is where they land on a new ship and this time they are flying off and right as the ship with the bad guys is leaving ahsoka looks over and is like that's cad bane's hat who else wears a hat like Mm -hmm. that so then we get into this insane flying fight scene where ahsoka takes the wheel of the shuttle and is flying on top of the luxury yacht that the criminals are in Keeping it from being able to take off, Anakin jumps onto the lower ship. It gets into a fight on the hood of this luxury yacht with Cad Bane. And then Obi-Wan, as Rako Hardin, flies through an arch and crashes upwards into Ahsoka. All the ships crash. Then comes this insane back and forth fight because everyone is passed out in various degrees. So Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting Cad Bane is about ready to shoot Anakin after Obi-Wan says, Anakin, don't follow me. Puts him in a sleeper hold and Anakin passes out. Right. And right as Cad Bane is about to finish off Anakin, Ahsoka comes in and defends Anakin. Morala Eval comes out and says, hey, the ship isn't actually super mega crashed. We can fly. We gotta ditch this popsicle yeah, stand. I don't like fighting with two Jedi. So the bad guys run off in their ship and Anakin is like, there's a connection. Obi-Wan is alive, and I don't know what this means. Ta-da! Roll credits. Oh, my god! That was amazing! So... That have, was so much fun. We have a ton of interesting elements going on in this, but my gosh. Okay, let's begin by saying the best cameo award goes to Miss Sny Soodles <laughs> herself. Do-do-do-do! <laughs> She's pulling out of a bar on Nalhutta with two Twi'leks, and she's like, Ah, this is so much fun. I love you guys. I love you, ladies. She's getting thrown out of a saloon in the middle of the day. She is iconic. (laughs) My favorite detail in this arc, and I want to talk about this before we get into anything else, Mm -hmm. is that the back room where Obi-Wan as Rako Hardeen is sleeping when Anakin comes in to beat mm-hmm. him up, there's a poster there for a Size Noodles concert. Oh, oh, oh. How amazing is that? She's famous. That's great. I love that. I love Size Noodles. Oh my God. Biggest fangirl. <laughs> I need like a little green foam finger and some big lips. And yeah. like, I'm the number one I Size think Noodles the fan. actual Size Noodles merchandise is like a crazy straw with lips at the end. Yes. Oh, I was so <laughs> buy that and just amazing second best cameo award goes to wheel wheel there's a shock tea sighting in the jedi temple yeah i mean there's a lot of people there's satine there's padme padme a whole bunch of people crying but 
No one talks, you know, except for Ahsoka. There's not actually that many speaking roles in this one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just give me the breadcrumbs of everybody (laughs) I love. I just want to see them. I just want to know they're all right. Yeah. So cameos aside, what do you want to talk about? Uh, So this is obviously crazy and obviously just the first half of this arc. And the fact that at the end of it, it seems like all the major players know that Obi-Wan is now alive, except for Cad Bane and Moralo Eval. Without anybody actually having told anybody the truth, which is a very important detail. Yeah, I'm sure Palpatine knows somehow. No, Palpatine definitely knows, which is yeah. how he's twisting Anakin. But it is fascinating that because of strategic misinformation, mm-hmm. Anakin, in his attempt to get vengeance for his best friend's murder, almost murders his best friend. Oh, man, that would be tragic. That's, that's It would be the definition of tragic. Yeah, that is like... Um, it would be Oedipus all over again. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that is that is that Greek tragedy, but they're avoiding that. There's some outstanding action scenes and some very cool characters in this episode. I loved seeing uh, my my cameo award goes to Baby Boba and Bosk. <laughs> yes. It's interesting that they have this uh, fantastic working relationship, although Boba Fett was starting this prison riot on behest of Cad Bane. Yeah. Do you want to talk time. about the villains? Okay. So Moralo Eval, I'm pretty sure is the same species as O.C. Sobek. Maybe. Maybe. He walks on all fours and he's a little shorter and a little stouter, but he definitely could be. He's got this sort of diamond trapezoid shaped skull and like he's a spooky dude. He also has a full half face tattoo, as does Racco Hardeen. It is such a power move to only talk about yourself in third person. Moralo Ival is running out of time. <laughs> so... Uh, that speaks to something at the beginning and in my first watch through of this, the, or in my most recent watch throughs of this, seeing how important like the money is and the money changing hands. Ooh. And what's interesting is how, and, and Obi-Wan refers to this in one of his callbacks to base. He's like, I kind of enjoy playing the villain because he's able to just be like, I'm just going to be meticulously greedy and like selfish and yell at people and things are going to go great. Okay, I straight up forgot that it was Obi-Wan disguised as Racco Hardeen when mm-hmm. he got to prison. So he's asleep in the back room of the cantina. He's getting beat up by Anakin. And I was like, yeah, go Anakin. You deserve that. And then I was like, oh, holy shimoli, that's Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's like getting his prison slop and sitting by himself at the end of the lunch table in prison. So that scene is crazy. Because he sits down and he's like, I don't want to cause any trouble. And two dudes, one of them a shark person. Like Riff Tamsin and one and of starts, them a Rodian. Yeah, and starts, you know, talking smack and causing trouble. Obi-Wan stabs his hand to the table with a fork. And then threatens to eat the shark guy. Which is, you know... A power move. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is why I'm saying Obi-Wan could run this place. Yes, because right after that, Morale Eval is like, hey. That was absolutely a strategic decision by Obi-Wan. He was like, you know what I need is a great entrance. You know why I Mm -hmm. need it? To get in with Morale Eval. Exactly. 
So that one of the later scenes in the prison is he goes to the the yard, the prison yard, and he's working out, and he intimidates <laughs> two dudes away from the, the all he has bench to do press. is snap at them, and they're like, "Oh, we were just leaving." But that underneath the bench is where he hid his radio to talk to Mace Windu and Yoda. And what's so funny is that his voice stays the same, but instead of being this like gruff, ill mannered Racco Hardeen. He starts talking exactly like Obi-Wan in Racco Hardin's voice. I'm not going to lie. It was very sexy of him. <laughs> I was not, not into this. And he calls himself Ben for the yes, first time. Yes, this is the first time we get the Ben alias for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. So Obi-Wan is having what seems to be a lot of fun with this episode at a terrible cost. Anakin's devastated. Yeah. Satine is devastated. Yeah. He has to lie to the people he cares about the most. And the stakes are really, really high. There's that little moment when Obi-Wan is preparing to step out from behind his cover right at the beginning of Deception Mm -hmm. to let Hardeen shoot him. He closes his eyes. He looks very serious. And then he lets Hardeen shoot him in the chest and he falls eight stories And there's a real chance that he could have died. That's what he tells Mace and Yoda when they come to him in the dangerous underground medical facility. He's like, I could have died. Like, that's a long fall. And Yoda was like, like, whatever, you've done way more dangerous stuff than that. Yoda also says, and Anakin knows that you've been through tougher situations than this. So we need to be very careful. The underlying tension of these two episodes Mm -hmm. I watched these two twice because there was literally so much going on that I missed major plot points the first (laughs) time. And I was like, this arc is so much fun. The second time I watched it, I was like, this is a very, very dark and tense arc. And I am very uncomfortable with Anakin in this situation. Oh boy. Yeah. Anakin gets so dark. Like when he's force choking a bartender and then as he walks away, we see Ahsoka's face and she is so distraught as she watches him. Anakin legitimately could have killed Obi-Wan in two different situations. Yeah. In the back room of the cantina, when he stops himself and he says, Obi-Wan was a better man than you'll ever be. So that's why I'm not killing you. Yeah. And then again on the gas station planet when he's like, this is for Obi-Wan and almost kills his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. He was ready to do it. And so Obi-Wan was saved by Cad Bane. I mean, in what a weird world does Cad Bane save anybody's life? Yeah. I guess for a properly calibrated Jedi Knight, this all would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But this is Anakin we're talking about, who is not only... Unstable, but Palpatine is obviously using this as a mechanism to get Anakin another step closer to the dark side. So I wrote down what the actual conversation is right after they get off the call and Palpatine's like, so did you hear that, Anakin? It's so crazy. And Anakin's like, I can't believe they'd hide this from me. And Palpatine says, it is possible that they do not trust you to control your feelings. Mm. Anakin says... Hardeen killed my master, my best friend, and the Jedi aren't doing anything about it. So then Palpatine says, I have heard from a reliable source that they're on Nalhutta. It would be cool. I would trust you to go get them. And then Palpatine says, you can't deny your feelings. They're what make you special. So this whole Mm -hmm. conversation is Palpatine saying, 
The Jedi are bad. They don't trust you. They don't value what makes you special, but I value you. Listen to me. I'm the one who knows you're special, who knows you that you deserve to get what you want. Listen to me. And it's so transparent. It is possible that they do not trust you to control your feelings. And then later you cannot deny your feelings. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh my God, the Sith messaging and all of this is so painful. And it's also a little on the nose for a kid's show because then Anakin says, thank you, Chancellor, you won't regret this. And then Palpatine's like, no, I won't. I won't. And, you know, he gets that little Mm -hmm. evil grin on his face and he looks out the window over his domain and he's like, ha 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 ha. Everything's going according to plan. Because it is. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. There's some cool ship cameos in this one as well. This is the first time we see a YV-666 ship, which is the first ship that they steal. It's bright red. It's a big, chonky one, the most famous of which is Houndstooth, that Bosclader flies. Ooh. We also see a Sorosub 3000, I believe, which is what... Uh, This is its first canon introduction. It was very popular non-canonically as... Lando Calrissian's ship, the Lady Luck. That's the Ooh. second ship, the one that looks like a it looks like a cruise ship. It's very silly looking. Okay, I was gonna say Obi Wan Kenobi canonically hates flying, mm-hmm. and I find it so delightful that both of the times that he has to pilot a ship in this arc, he crashes them on purpose. On purpose, but. There are a lot of ships going down in this arc. Now, I want to talk about that second ship crash because so let me let me paint the picture. They're flying over this I don't know, refinery, fuel refinery. There's mm. a whole bunch of above ground pipes fly like every which way. Ahsoka is in a T6 Jedi shuttle, I guess, and it's this ship, you've seen it. It's got a conical cylindrical body. And then it's got a rotating disc, half disc wing around it. And so the disc is rotated horizontally. It's flying directly on top of this cruise ship looking thing. It's so cool. And Ahsoka is flying and bouncing off the top of the ship to keep it underneath these pipes. It is incredibly tense as they're flying on top of each other. It's a really cool chase scene. And meanwhile, on the hood of the ship, the bottom ship, Cad Bane and Anakin are having a shootout, and it is an intense one. Cad Bane had jumped out. As soon as he saw Anakin land, Cad Bane had jumped out the door. He said, it's my turn to kill a Jedi. He shoots out a grappling hook and uses momentum to swing him onto the hood, uses his rocket boots, uses his blasters. He's keeping Anakin, and he's got, I mean... It's anyone's guess of how this fight's going to go. I know. Obi-Wan has to crash both of their ships and then duel Anakin while trying to keep Cad Bane from killing Anakin while they're dueling. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is a real tricky move. And the fact that Obi-Wan is able to pull it all off without like breaking character is so cool. It is so deeply impressive. There's something that I definitely want to talk about with all of these fight scenes that we mm-hmm. get with Obi-Wan. His hand-to-hand fighting in both of these episodes was superb. Oh, yeah. 
It was so good. I noticed it, I think, first when he takes down baby Boba Fett in the cafeteria. Oh my gosh, because Boba like throws a punch and he avoids it. He avoids it. And then he's got him in like an arm lock and he could he could in one second dislocate his arm. Or just completely shatter the bone in a million billion places. And he's like, come on, kid. Like I think he used a really similar cool slick thing when he was finally taking down anakin because mm-hmm. he dodges out of the way of anakin's thrust yeah. like with a punch or lightsaber i can't remember what it was and it's sort of this sleeper hold that he gets him in he's totally in control he's like graceful oh my god it was so cool we don't often get to see obi-wan fighting hand to hand you know we we did a little bit in uh, actually, we see fairly often that his lightsaber doesn't work in the first Mandalore arc. Right? He didn't have a lightsaber during that. Did he not? No, he was wearing like Mandalore in. No, he did he? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. The There's... only thing I remember about the first Mandalore arc is Obi Wan heroically throwing himself and Satine down an elevator shaft <laughs> and cushioning her body with his body. Oh my god, it's so romantic. Well, and that's why she's crying when she thinks he's dead. How dare they do that to Satine Kree's my one and only? How dare they? Oh my gosh! Like, how is Obi Wan going to repair the damage to his relationship with his one true love? Well, I mean, how could he? go to Mace and Yoda and be like, all right, so uh, we're going to take down Maral Eval. That's the plan. Uh, here's a few people who need to like think that I know that I'm alive. And he's talking about this at the beginning as soon as it's revealed, fortunately, about six seconds after his funeral that he's Thank alive. Thank God, I was losing my mind. <laughs> but, uh, and he says, Anakin being out of the loop is key to selling it. Everyone knows how close we are and his reaction is so critical. But my gosh... I'm so glad you brought that up because I thought that was a really beautiful, subtle, veiled moment, right? Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is sitting there in this secret Botox studio <laughs> where they're going to make him look like Racco Hardeen. And he says, everybody knows how close we are, yeah. but he doesn't use any terms to label it because I think that would be really dangerous in the Jedi Order. He doesn't say... Anakin is like my brother. He doesn't say, Anakin loves me. Yeah. He just says, everybody knows how close we are. Mm -hmm. But the language that he uses is so economical with the truth. He doesn't say anything about loving Anakin back. That's true. And he could have also said, everyone knows how bad an actor Anakin is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That too. That too. I just, I thought it was one of those sort of, ruthlessly clever moments mm-hmm. when Obi-Wan might be feeling one way, but he doesn't let on to the Jedi Council that that's what he's feeling. Yeah. He gets his point across, but he doesn't make himself complicit in the situation because loving somebody is dangerous ground for the Jedi. For sure. And he also can't say that he's, uh, you know, don't tell Satine that I'm dead because we can't. We need Satine crying the hardest. Oh my gosh. I mean, maybe they did help tell her and she's a good actor. Who knows? Could be, could be. I just I really want that reunion scene. Oh my god. I would smack him about the head and shoulders. I would be <laughs> so mad. I mean, last time they got back together, she smacked him about. So maybe they're into that. <laughs> Who's to say? I don't think Obi-Wan's into that. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
I was so wrapped up in the plot of these episodes that I didn't even think about the implications of this. But there is a giant prison riot. Yeah, yeah. And probably a lot of people got free and a lot of the rogues gallery got killed. Oh my gosh, let's paint the scene. This is the the cafeteria of, I guess, the most highly guarded prison in Coruscant. It is very much a nod to like every American prison movie ever. It, it is an American prison. Everyone's wearing orange jumpsuits. There's long cafeteria tables. The food is terrible. The cells are in the walls. Yeah. Yeah. What I noticed is that there are clones guarding this prison facility and they go down as the Mm -hmm. prisoners are freaking out and escaping. I mean, they grab the clone guards guns. They're shooting with meticulous aim because these are bad dudes. They are using stun blasts. The blue rings are stun blasts. That's true. But there's a moment when Cad Bane, Moralo Eval, and Racco Hardeen as Obi-Wan, or Obi-Wan as Racco Hardeen, mm-hmm. are escaping down the hallway. And the clone guards look at each other and they say, turn your guns from stun to kill. I don't care if some of these prisoners die. Yeah, This is a bloody, bloody mess. Mm-hmm. Um, probably where I picked up on the prison as a movie scene thing the most is that as Boba Fett is tackling Obi-Wan and Bosk is coming after Obi-Wan too, I kind of half expected it to be a food fight. <laughs> like, that was the vibe I got. <laughs> uh, that would have been funny. I don't know if that would have furthered the plot, but that would have been funny. No, it would have been awesome. But this is, I mean, that would have been a season one of Clone Wars thing. Yes. We're in season, we're at the end of season four. Okay, we're at the end serious of season business. four. This is serious business. I'm not normally someone who complains about people being soft on crime. It's very much not a talking point for my political affiliation. Mm -hmm. But holy moly, now I'm wondering if Coruscant is too soft on crime. They let these prisoners wander around a cafeteria. At any time, these hardened criminals could grab the guns from the clone guards and start a riot. And then they do. So there's a really important point. After uh, Racco Hardeen fork stabs that shark dude, <laughs> then he is brought to his cell. And wouldn't you know it, Moralo Ival and Cad Bane, and this is the introduction to Cad Bane, are his roomies. And Moralo Ival says, I have great influence in this place. And I think that shows a lot of what's going on. Because also, previously, Zero the Hut was able to order the assassination of Padme from jail. So oh there's my God. obviously I, a lot of porous border. I cannot imagine Zero the Hut in this prison facility. I cannot see it. It's too ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the thing is that I bet the Huts had everything in line there because the Huts control a massive area of space. And they have like huge amounts of money, and they control it through organized crime. Yeah, this is their MO. This is what they do. They do this professionally. And the fact that, like, Cad Bane let himself be captured in order to be part of this plan means he knows that he's got a way out. Like, he says it's not his first time escaping from this. If that's not a power move, to let yourself get a thrown into the slammer and mm-hmm. say, it's not the first time I've broken out of here. And then also he assumed that he could escape the same way he did before, which is pretty I wild. Know. Even gosh. El Chapo didn't try to do it twice. Yeah, well, you don't try to do it twice the same way. But exactly. This, but this does call back like 
so many great prison break scenes because it's such a cool archetype. It's such a cool trope to have the prison break. My favorite prison break is Papillon. Oh, yeah. Which is absolutely bonkers and totally worth a read or a watch. It's it's almost magical realism how crazy it is. Another fantastic prison break, which this somewhat reminds me of, particularly the change in tone, is actually the true prison break of Jacques de Casanova. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. Wait, I love this story. So Jacques de Casanova was thrown into the tower in Venice for... Oh, one of his many crimes against decency. He was canoodling, philandering. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly which thing it was. And it was like total baloney. But what he did was he ended up tunneling uh, through the floor with a crowbar because it was like a wooden floor. And then uh, when the guards started suspecting something, he changed cells with a dude across the way. And then he tunneled through the ceiling, escaped with the dude who was in his new cell, who was a complete... He's like, I hate this guy. This guy's terrible. His jokes are bad. He's bad at escaping. He's a coward. They clambered across these like lead-shingled roofs of Venice in the middle of the night. On their escape, they... uh, you know, because this was a normal thing to do, they came across a mansion in the middle of the the countryside. And they're like, oh, hey, we're just weary travelers. Can we stay here? And the lady of the house is like, yeah, my husband got called into town because there was uh, something, a problem at work. And he's like, oh, what does your husband do for work? And she's like, oh, he's the... uh, He's the warden of the prison <laughs> that you just escaped from. And he's like, oh, wow, that's so silly. Huh. Wait, you forgot the best part of the story, which is that they delivered the crowbar oh to my Casanova gosh. that he used to escape on a four-foot platter of spaghetti. Um, uh, it was macaroni, macaroni. And he made it specifically so it was so big that you had to hold it a certain way. And that's how he moved the crowbar around. It was under a massive crock of macaroni. That's a true story. Absolutely iconic. Please get this into a Clone Wars episode for me. <laughs> I would give you my firstborn. Oh my gosh. I would tattoo your name on my body. I would. The, I need this. If you have like an e-reader, you can get the memoirs of Casanova for free because it's been out of copyright for 200 years. And I highly recommend it. Extremely high quality. It's like escape 500 stuff. bajillion pages long. Oh but if gosh, you finish yeah. it, let us know. I haven't finished it. I want to talk more about Cad Bane. Ooh, okay, let's talk about Cad Bane. Oh, he lets himself get captured. He uh, continually negotiates. So right after Moral Eval has allowed Obi-Wan into his cell, Cad Bane's like, if you want this Joker, I'm going to charge you double. And then Rocco Hardin puts up attitude. He's like, triple. And Moral Eval kicks him out. And that goes back to the whole money being the really critically part of this thing, because Cad Bane and Morala Eval and Racco Hardeen as Racco Hardeen are always talking about like where the money is at, how yeah, things are supposed to work. There's a really great scene when I think Morala Eval tips somebody for getting them onto the first ship. And it's like Cad Bane says, it seems like everybody's getting paid but me. It's when they get fuel from the scummy fuel oh, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's right before Anakin shows up and crashes his own ship. It kind of begs the question of how Moralo Eval has money in prison at all. I mean, it's not like they've got a commissary to buy junk food from. So isn't that the interesting thing? And that actually speaks to the money of the Star Wars system in general. Ooh. So we see this uh, actually for the first time meaningfully in the pilot of The Mandalorian, 
right? When Mando is getting paid in various currencies. I would argue that our first finance talk happens in The Phantom Menace oh, yeah. when Qui-Gon cannot afford to get repairs on his Naboo starfighter. You are correct. You are correct. And Watto is like, I don't take your money yeah, here. Yeah, cre- credits are no good here. All yeah. Money. And so that speaks to the Separatists and the Republic and the Outer Rim all having different ways of moving money. And so if... Morale Eval has money that he can easily transfer to credits, then he's good. But he seems to be paying a lot in promises. Like the fact that Cad Bane is like, hey, it's time for you to pay me. I've gotten you out of prison. So I don't think we talked about the fact that Moralo Ival is headed to Sereno to hook up with Count Dooku. Oh, right. Yeah. He phones uh, Count Dooku and he's Moralo Ival is on his way. He's suitably contrite towards Count Dooku because Dooku's like, no mistakes. So the implication is that Moralo and Cad Bane are going to land on Sereno and then Dooku's going to have to pay him off. Yeah. Which... As people who have followed the Clone Wars this far and know the plot and know who everyone is. Um, okay, so Count Dooku is hiring Morale Evolt to kidnap the Chancellor. Which is bizarre now that I think about it. I did not put those pieces together. Yeah, what do you think Dooku's plan is? To hang out with his best bud, the Sith Lord of the Universe? I feel like he's going to try to manufacture a way to kill Palpatine. Oh. Because that is how he would become the Sith Lord, right? But Palpatine is totally aware of everything that's happening. I know. So, like, how would you do it? Like, once you have... So, what's what's Palpatine's power base? He has all the clones, all the Jedi, all the Senate, all the Galactic Republic working for him. And he has Dooku working for him. And he tells Dooku what Dooku needs to do to, like, organize these counterattacks. So this is why the Republic's having such a hard time with the Separatists, is because he'll be like, hey, Dooku, there's going to be a big attack here and here. Yeah, it's a total inside deal. Yeah, or like when uh, Cad Bane stole the Holocron. And he is like, okay, my client told me, here's the codes to get in here, here's the timing on the, the Jedi archives, like, here's all the things I need to know to get in. So if I was Dooku, my plan would be to, like, okay, I'm going to offer some like incredibly cool stealth ships or something to my kidnappers who are kidnapping the Chancellor. And then right as they're coming in for a landing, oh no, they all exploded. (laughs) Okay, here's the fabulous thing. The fortune cookie of the first episode, Deception, all warfare is based on deception. Absolutely. So it makes perfect sense that, of course, the Republic can't get ahead in this war mm-hmm. because there's inside trading going on vis-a-vis Palpatine. And that goes back to, in the previous arc, Lux Bonteri being like, the Republic is irredeemably corrupt. And he's mm, right. He is totally right. Because Morala Eval, it's, I mean... So I said earlier, it's like an American prison, but if anything, it's like a, a Mexican prison, El Chapo, you know, like being <laughs> where the guards are on pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can bribe anybody you want if you have enough. Yeah, if, if you are able to move enough money reliably and if you have the protection to keep that money. Or if you have the promises to make something good happen for them once you're out. Which is tough to do, especially for clones, which is presumably why they're staffing the prison with Commander Fox's Coruscant Guard. Mm. You can tell they're Commander Foxes because they have a red paint. It's important later. Okay. (laughs) Duly noted. Since we are talking in a sideways kind of manner about Cad Bane, I just want to say it was so 
utterly delightful to watch him fight Anakin. <laughs> Lightsaber against rocket boots and oh, whipcord and just absolute ruthless cold-blooded murder vibes because those are the two people who 100 always fight to win there's yes. no honor even though even though when they first met uh rako hardine and cad bane cad bane is like any fool can kill a jedi with a sniper any goon. if you want my respect kill him up close and Rock Hardine says, why should i want your respect oh god i forgot how good that interaction is but cad bane is like yeah i'll I'll use every single tool available to kill a Jedi, especially if it's Anakin Skywalker. Okay, but Anakin knees Obi-Wan in his Fruit of the Looms mm-hmm. as they're fighting. So Anakin is obviously not above, you know, creative tactics himself. Well, of course not. I mean, like, there's, you, you duel for honor, but you fight to live. <laughs> and also Anakin's like, this dude killed my best friend, and I'm gonna make him pay. Yeah. The moment when you think Anakin has gone down and then he leaps back up to confront Cad Bane again, it was this beautiful moment where I was like, wow, Anakin is a Jedi warrior. He is not to be underestimated. No, no. It was such an exciting fight scene. Yeah. The end of this is an incredibly exciting fight scene. In fact, I think out of the four episodes of this arc... They're very well divided into two and two because it's a cliffhanger, but you're like, whoa, that was a ton of fun. Anytime I get to see Cad Bane swaggering around, he has so much panache. Mm -hmm. The way that he tips his hat at Ahsoka at the end of the second episode, (laughs) you're lucky we're in a hurry, little lady. We'll have to dance another time. Well, we talked about previously how scary it is when Cad Bane calls Ahsoka little lady because it is like... Because we don't know how old Cad Bane is or how fast Duros is aged, like, actually. But he is middle-aged at least. You know, he's he's not young. No, he's not. And Ahsoka is a teenager. Yeah, this is Cad Bane in his prime. And this is Ahsoka at maybe 15, 16 mm-hmm. max. And Ahsoka still is able to, like fight him off and she's in this defensive stance and he's like yeah i don't have time for this like no i think that's actually such a power move is for him to say eh, i don't know we'll leave the padawan i'm not even concerned about her coming at me from behind yeah yeah well morale evolves also like let's bounce and that's know, his paycheck because otherwise cad bane is stuck on this crappy planet that yeah, only Morello has a gas needs station cad bane for the Ride and Cad Bane needs Morello for the paycheck, so they're stuck with each other. And Racco Hardin paid for the ride, so now he's in. And also, he you know saved the rest of their lives. It was fun to watch the shifting allegiances of mm-hmm. our main trio of baddies. Oh yeah, it's it's good. Our Jailbird Joes, mm-hmm. Sammy and the Slammer, <laughs> <laughs> the Perps, <laughs> the Perps. There we go. There we go. So. I love this arc. This is one of my favorite arcs of all time, especially the second half because it's crazy. It's super fun. The The underlying tension that we talked about at the beginning of the episode is palpable. Mm-hmm. I did have a really fun time watching this, and then I did have a lot of anxiety watching it the second oh, yeah. time. Just because if Obi-Wan really were dead... I would be so excited to see Anakin get revenge for his murder. I would want him to be throwing the guy who killed Obi-Wan around. I'd want him to be exacting his revenge. Mm -hmm. 
Like, if I was murdered, I would love to see someone chasing my murderer down for vengeance. You know, I think that's a really interesting point. So, at the beginning, when, right after Obi-Wan gets surgery, we cut to this hotel room where Rick Hardin is about the to The back get room of the cantina. Yeah. And Obi-Wan, with Rick Hardin's face, says, You did great. Your payment's in the mail. There's just one more thing I need. Your clothes. And Rack Hardin is like stepping back. He's like, I have no idea what's going on. And Mace Windu grabs him by the shoulder. We cut to when Obi-Wan as Rack Hardin is finally getting captured by Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan did, I think, the only thing that he could do, knowing that Anakin would be the one to track him down. is What, he got, got drunk? Dead drunk. Because if he had put up a lick of a fight... Anakin probably would have killed him. Oh, that is super interesting. He had to de-escalate the situation by getting drunk. Wow. Which is a really interesting response that he intuitively knew that because that speaks to like a um, domestic violence spousal abuse situation Mm. where one partner has learned to be completely passive to the other one's aggression if they don't want to get hurt more. So the thing that happens in relationships where that is the dynamic is that one partner learns what the triggers are and Mm -hmm. does everything that they can to prevent the triggers from happening in the first place. Yeah. And if the abusive partner does get triggered, they have learned every trick in the book to defuse it, even at the expense of themselves. And so Obi-Wan was like, I need to be so incredibly passive, passed out, dead drunk that Anakin would have to be basically mutilating a corpse if he wanted to kill me. Wow. That is so interesting because I remember thinking that for Anakin, he showed a lot of restraint in that scene when he's like, the man you murdered would rather you rot in jail. Mm -hmm. But it is infinitely more interesting that Obi-Wan knows Anakin so intimately that he even knew how to defuse his most basic response to grief and trauma and rage and helplessness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's dark because it shows how far down Anakin is and why it is actually correct that Mace and Yoda keep him out and Obi-Wan keep him out of the loop because his feelings are... he are untrustworthy. It's dark because when you boil it down, violence is not proof of love. Someone who's willing to do murder for you Mm -hmm. doesn't actually love you and is not actually showing you that they love you. They are showing that they are a violent person. So yesterday I had a really tough experience where I had to stand down some really emotionally violent people. Hmm. And at the end of the day, I was shook. I was shook last night. I was really a wreck. And I realized that I had done all the right things. I had said all the right things. I had said my piece and I had not risen to any bait. And I hadn't let some grown ass men intimidating me into do anything. Sorry for my language. And what happens is that that is liberating and giving into the emotion is a chain. And that is why Palpatine made that effort saying, your feelings are what make you special. Because your feelings are these base desires, these base things that you think drive you are the shackles which chain you to your pain. Ooh, yes. And that is why Anakin is such a powerful tool for the dark side. Absolutely. Wow. 
I do want to end this episode on a fun note because it was a uh, is, is, talking, is talking about domestic abuse not fun for you? <laughs> it is not. Sure isn't. Right, sure isn't, right. it but is a romp. I do want to say the side chatter in these episodes is so fantastic. Yeah. When... Racco Hardin himself, like the actual, the OG Racco Hardin. Will the will the real Racco Hardin please stand up? <laughs> when he shows up to that cantina and he's like, I killed Obi-Wan, there's this like hot drifter lady who's like, mmm, I want to check his midi-chlorian count. And did you see the insane snake bartender? Oh my God, that was like, amazing on Nalhada. Yeah, well- Or no, yeah. And Coruscant, it's like a boa constrictor bartender. He's like, what'll it be? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then when Raku Hardin buys around for the house, mm-hmm. the background chatter is all these gals going like, woohoo, yes! Yeah. <laughs> This is such a seedy bar. My gosh. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. It was a fun arc. So with all these fun characters, I have to know who is getting a nod for Crime Watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Crime Crime Watch. Watch. It's time for Crime Watch. There are no surprises here. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. He's only in three minutes of the episode. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> as Racco Hardin okay. himself. Okay. I want to give a standing ovation to James Arnold Taylor, mm-hmm. the voice actor for both Obi-Wan and Racco Hardin. Did get a different voice actor? This was James Arnold Taylor for everything. He was Obi-Wan. He did the transition from Obi-Wan to Racco Hardeen. He did Racco Hardeen. And then he did Obi-Wan as Racco as Obi-Wan. <laughs> I'm just a dude dressed up as a dude pretending to be another dude. <laughs> oh my God. Insane. I watched some of the footage of him doing it. No and way. he did the Obi-Wan voice. Mm-hmm. And then he would bring it down so that he's Racco Hardeen. And then he would take the accent out and then he would put it back in. Oh, wow. That transition when you watch it as obi-wan is swallowing the vocal emulator oh man is some of the (laughs) finest voice acting work i have ever seen (laughs) it's a peculiar sensation (laughs) (laughs) what's an odd sensation oh my gosh (laughs) but you know beyond james arnold taylor being incredibly good at his job Mm -hmm. obi-wan is just flawless he is so good He is so good at predicting Anakin's moves. He is so good Mm -hmm. at doing what he does with Rako Hardin, which is intimidating Rako into doing everything he wants, getting everything he needs without lifting a finger against this violent criminal. Mm -hmm. He could have run this prison by himself. And he managed to shift allegiances exactly the way he needed them to. He got out of being tortured by the huts, like I could go on and on and on. This was a swan song to Obi-Wan Kenobi. It really was. He's flawless. I 100% agree, and I'm also choosing Obi-Wan as my bae. I thought you were going to choose Cad Bane. No, no, Cad Bane's a hard case in this one. He's He's tough to get along with. He's definitely got 
the right idea that he's extremely paranoid and untrustworthy of like, oh, it's weird that like this perfect person to solve all of our problems shows up just in time, which is in fact the correct thing to worry about. Oh yeah, spot on for intuition. But Rakhardine Cadbane. No, it's gotta be Obi-Wan because it's gotta be Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's got this he's he's always in the right spot at the right time and his plans are flawless and he says i enjoy playing the villain which shows that he's got these like wheels within wheels and he's just unfortunately being underutilized as a like supreme commander of forces in the clone wars yeah he could be a spy he could be whatever the jedi need him to be he is really the best of the jedi and it is unfortunate that they have to use him in like all these strange capacities because this exact thing would be like the perfect role for a Jedi in peacetime. Oh, absolutely. The fact that he has the force and can get himself out of any situation he wants. What Padme did in Senate spy, Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan did in this arc with so much aplomb. Mm -hmm. He was fun to watch. It's incredible to see him able to play a criminal and yet not actually do any criminal behavior. When they're in Pablo's pawn shop mm-hmm. and Cad Bane threatens Pablo and then Pablo's wife like goes after them, Obi-Wan leans down and offers them some credits which for they their don't trouble. Take. And they don't take it, which I think is fascinating. And then he catches up with Morala and Cad Bane later. And he's like, that pawn keeper has heard way worse threats than from you. And now he's going to go crying to the authorities. Which he promptly does. And Moralo turns to him. He's like, yeah, what's your deal, Cad Bane? So Moralo is a a wet twig in this one. He really is. He's just a piece of wet tissue paper. But uh, yeah, it's... It's Obi-Wan. I'm so glad we agree. I mean, he is also the absolute shining star of the episode in terms of everyone else as a subsidiary actor. Yeah. Oh, he shines so bright. God, I love that man. <laughs> even without oh, his beard. Even without his beard. Although, I have to say, if Obi-Wan had no beard and no hair for all of the Clone Wars, I might love him a little less. He does look so young when they shave it off. And it's so funny when they shave it off because he's like sitting there and he's like stroking his head and stroking his beard. He's like, he's like this skin hasn't seen daylight in 30 years. As someone... so. When I was in college, I had shoulder length hair. And one night, I sh- we shaved it all off. And my mom still has it because she's weird. And then She's I, so weird. And then I have a decent beard and I've shaved it off a few times. And each time I'm like, sitting there. It gives Sam a baby face. Each time I'm sitting there like stroking it being like weird. The beard skin. is the move. Skin the is beard weird. is the moment. Yeah. I mean, bring it back. Back to back to the 1860s. Let's all have the <laughs> most outrageous beards that we can pull off. Yes, I think please. It's important. I fully support this. Okay. Good Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> So next week, we are watching season four, episodes 17 and 18, The Box and Crisis on Naboo. Mm-hmm. The Box is such a opaque episode title. It is. I, I am afraid. I am excited. Okay. This is a fun one. <laughs> and we are coming up on our one year anniversary and 50th episode soon. Our 50th episode of Growing Up Skywalker is going to launch on Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you. 
which I'm so excited about. It's like week of, right? Does the May 4th happen on a Tuesday this? It'll be Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday. But we are having Tim from Funny Science Fiction Podcast as our guest star. We are so excited. That will be for the final episodes of season four. Oh, boy. And so those of you who've seen Solo know that there's a certain someone who you certainly thought had been given a 50% off sale and is coming back. So oh it's going to be really exciting. Ah! Also, we get to see uh, some, some of the characters coming up. If you're excited for this, uh, we, we get to see some Embo soon. We get to see some Asajj. We get to see Savage. We get to see, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited and nervous all at the same time. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> so join us next week. We are so thankful for your support. Love the listen and make sure to leave us a five-star review on your app of choice. You can find us wherever podcasts are. You can email us. You can track us down on uh, gas stations in the middle of the midrim. <laughs> Where we're running a very clever scam. <laughs> yeah. And make sure to send this episode to the friend that you always trust to be whatever you need them to be in the moment and really come through for you. Also, send it to the friend who is either open or it's an open secret about their plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad, they need this episode. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. -bye.